Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode seven of the Catholic Cinema Crusade podcast. I'm your host, Nick Olzik, with my wife, Violet, as our producer and editor. Today, we're going to be talking about two movies that came out in April of 2023, right next to each other, that involve the topic of demonic possession and demonology. Before we get into that, make sure you rate and subscribe to the podcast. All right, we're going to start today with a classic prayer against demonic activity, and that is the prayer of St. Michael the Archangel. If you're unaware of this prayer, it has a fascinating history, but I'll give you kind of the short version. Um, the, the main story goes like this. Pope Leo XIII, in the early part of, uh, excuse me, the later part of the 19th century, towards the end of his papacy, was saying Mass one day in the Sistine Chapel, and in the middle of Mass, he suddenly stopped and kind of froze in place. Everyone's kind of looking at him and wondering what's happening. And when he came out of his little trance, he went to the sacristy briefly, came back out, and just continued the Mass again. And afterwards, uh, the priests who were in attendance kind of came up to him and said, well, um, what happened? And he didn't tell them at that point, but he told them he had written a prayer and he wanted every mass around the whole world to say this prayer at the end of every liturgy. And this was the prayer of St. Michael, the Archangel. So we're going to say the prayer to start our podcast, and I'll tell you why. In the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, amen. St. Michael, the Archangel, defend us in battle. Be our safeguard against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Hosts, by the power of God, thrust into hell Satan and all the evil spirits who prowl about the world, seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. So later it was revealed that in this moment, he had a vision of the 20th century. The devil claimed that he could destroy the church. And Jesus said, no, I will, I will conquer as I already have through my resurrection. And Satan said, well, let me have one century to do my worst work. And Jesus said, okay, but it's not going to work out for you. And this was a prophecy, basically, of the 20th century. And so Pope Leo XIII wrote this prayer, basically, to help us get through the 20th century. And while the church is obviously still here and thriving in 2023, I think we can all admit that many terrible things happened in the 20th century. It, of course, started off with uh, the Great War, World War One. Then you had uh, the Roaring Twenties, which was the rise of a lot of economic opulence, and then uh, uh, the start of the sexual revolution. Then you had the Great Depression and World War II and the Cold War and the rise of communism. And then you had, you know, um, the beginnings of uh, many of the troubles that we're still facing today. So today we're going to be looking at how Hollywood approaches this subject of demonology. And this is not a subject that I particularly like talking about. I'm always very weary of it, but it's one that I think needs to be brought up because a lot of people gloss over it. It's also something that, oddly enough, even people who aren't religious seem to be very interested about. Um, now, one thing that I always noticed about Hollywood that's very intriguing is Hollywood loves to make fun of, to uh, poke jokes at priests and nuns and Catholics in general, uh, 
But when you have a demon in your house, you always call a priest. It's never an Orthodox priest. It's never, you know, a rabbi or an imam. It always seems like you got to call the Catholics, um, which I think is insightful. And we're going to look at two films that go into this idea of the existence of demons. Um, the first one uh, we're going to look at is Nefarious, and the second one we're going to look at is The Pope's Exorcist. I think this is a good pair. Not only did they both come out in April of 2023, not only are they uh, both examine the idea of demonic possession and exorcism and demonology, but they're kind of flips of them, of each other. They're both good films, but one is kind of lackluster for most of the film and then really good towards the end. The other one is really good throughout the rest, whole of the film and kind of lackluster uh, towards the end. So let's start with uh, Nefarious. Nefarious is uh, written and directed by the same people who did the God's Not Dead franchise. You can go on my website, Catholic Cinema Crusade, to see my reviews for that trilogy. To put it shortly, the first film is a masterpiece. It's one of the best films ever made, God's Not Dead, in 2014. The second film is a really decent, good courtroom drama. And the third film is paltry. It's not terrible. It's just kind of mediocre. Um, but they've been kind of stars of the Christian world ever since with their films. And now they bring us Nefarious, which I think is their best film since God's Not Dead. Nefarious uh, looks at, uh, it's a very minimalistic film. It reminded me a lot of a, My Dinner with Andre. It's about a psychologist named Dr. James Martin. Probably nothing related to the Catholic priest, but, you know, who knows. And he is invited, uh, really ordered, to come in and assess a man on death row who's about to be executed that evening. And this man, uh, whose name is Edward, uh, he has to declare sane or insane. If he's insane, that means he can't be executed because he's not responsible for his actions. If he's declared sane, then he really did kill a bunch of people and he should be put to death. And the process of interviewing this, uh, this entity or being or personality manifests who calls himself nefarious. And he claims to be a demon possessing the body of Edward. And basically... Uh, Dr. Martin has to figure out, you know, is this guy mentally ill? Is he actually possessed? And in the course of the conversation, it becomes pretty apparent through classical uh, demonic techniques, which, of course, uh, the Martin character is not aware of, that he really is possessed. He has knowledge of things that he shouldn't know. Uh, he's able to do things that are supernatural. He, you know, again, if you're familiar with kind of the classical definitions of possession, he clearly manifests all of this. So it's a good job at looking at these characteristics and trying to weed, do what an exorcist does, which is weed out, you know, is this a natural phenomenon? Is it a supernatural phenomenon? you know, try to do that investigatory uh, process. So then you have the Pope's Exorcist. Now, the Pope's Exorcist, where you have a kind of atheistic, skeptical person in Dr. Martin, the Pope's Exorcist is or portrays to be the real-life story of an actual exorcist, an Italian exorcist named Gabriel Amuth. And I've read his books prior to, to seeing this film, and they're absolutely fantastic. Now, besides the name and the fact that this guy was a real exorcist, there's virtually nothing that's in common with his life. It's a completely fictional story. Um, so besides the actual name, the fact that he's an exorcist, you know, the story is completely uh, fictional. 
He's played by Russell Crowe, and basically he's the chief exorcist for the uh, Diocese of Rome. So he's right under the Pope, namely the Pope's exorcist. And the plot is really kind of bizarre. Um, To put it simply, there's a boy who claims to be possessed by the devil himself. Uh, Father Amoth goes to investigate it, and he learns that not only is this boy possessed, but this is a rather unique possession that sends him on this kind of Dan Brown journey through the underground catacombs of the Vatican, and he finds all kind of weird things, like the Inquisition was actually the result of a demonic possession, and there have been priests and even cardinals possessed at various times in the Catholic Church, and there's this very weird, seculous journey, and, you know, it all ends up okay, but, you know, it kind of looks at a much more grander scale than Nefarious, which is, you know, more individual. All right. Now, both of these films that I said are good, but for different reasons. The Pope Exorcist, to be honest, is quite silly. Uh, it's completely divorced from reality in terms of who Gabriel Amoth really is. Uh, and it actually ends, spoiler alert, with him being possessed by a demon. And he actually gets exorcised by his assistant, who starts out as kind of a cowardly, wormly little priest, but gradually becomes more confident. And it's got this really fantastic ending where you have... The Pope's exorcist getting possessed, but then freed by this kind of little priest. And so it's this nice little thing of, you know, maybe he was a little too prideful and there's a lesson learned. But it has this really great ending where a cardinal recognizes uh, uh, Gabriel Amorth and his assistant and what they've done for the church. And they basically start an exorcist Avengers club. They said, you know, this demon who you managed to get rid of was one of 200 demons that came at this specific moment in time. We're going to find the rest. And so they basically start this little exorcism superhero team, and they're going to go out and, you know, spread the gospel and get rid of demons everywhere. It was a really kind of funny but interesting little end. Nefarious was fantastic from the get-go. Really tight editing, writing, the acting was superb. Again, it's very minimal. It's basically just two people talking for two hours. But like my dinner with Andre, it's extraordinarily compelling. It never lets up. It touches a lot of issues that films do not want to go into. So it goes into a lot of, you know, the more serious evil actions that happen in the world today, like abortion and euthanasia and talking about, you know, the grand scheme of war and things like that. It really functions almost like the screw tape letters. You're getting an apologetics in reverse. You get a demon kind of explaining how he's trying to get the world away from who he calls the enemy, namely God, and how they're going to, uh, you know, Uh, bring the world to its knees and eventually try to defeat God again. And they're going to do this, as he reveals, through this psychologist, Dr. Martin, and make him do like a kind of an anti-gospel, right? A book encouraging all these demonic activity. But as I said, it ends in a very bland way. The book does end up getting published, but as kind of an anti. So the psychologist in his last moments, is possessed or taken over by this spirit, 
but then suddenly miraculously saved. It's unclear if an angel or God intervened. And it ends with this interview with him and Glenn Beck playing himself, basically talking about the book and how he still wrote the book because he wants people to know what evil is. Again, again, you know, this book is kind of the screw tape letters. And the last scene is just really slow. It goes on way too long. It's very preachy. It reminded me a lot of the last scene in Psycho, which is this amazing film by Alfred Hitchcock, you know, a classic, very tautly edited, very wonderful screenplay. And then in the very last scene, you have a psychologist basically come out and just explain the whole movie. And it's the one scene in this otherwise perfect film that's completely unnecessary. Now, the good thing is that both films see demons and evil as very real and needing to be approached seriously, while at the same time understanding that not everything that looks like demonic activity really is. There is such a thing as mental illness. So in The Pope's Exorcist, the first so-called exorcist he performs was not even an exorcist at all. He was basically faking an exorcism to help somebody with their mental health issues. Um, now, the in The Pope's Exorcist, evil is much more cinematic. You get a lot of the head spinning and a lot of the black goo and that sort of thing. I think Nefarious hits much more real because it is smaller. It's more intimate. And it looks very seriously at the issues underlying demonic activity. Things like, you know, murder and rape and abortion and euthanasia. It goes into what evil actually is in practice, as opposed to just kind of in theory. The other thing I really liked about both is that they were honest about the fact that it's not just unbelievers who are kind of undermining Jesus' effort to defeat Satan, but that it even comes from good-meaning Christians, even priests and bishops within the Catholic Church, who don't believe in these things, or even if they believe in it, don't approach it in a serious enough manner. Um, you know, psychology is absolutely real, but it needs to be differentiated from real demonic influence, and spiritual warfare is a constant reality that all clergy have to be aware of. One thing that I found really interesting when I first was studying the New Testament seriously is that Jesus performs more exorcisms in the gospel than any other type of miracle, more than healings, more than walking on water or physical phenomena. He takes demons very seriously and spends a lot of time getting rid of them. And of course, both films end on a positive note, showing that good will always win, but it will come through God's intervention and self-sacrifice, not because we're so holy or that we have it all together. Both films very clearly at the end have God kind of intervening where humans are deficient. And I think that's a good message as well. So to sum it up, both films are good. They're both worth a view. They're both hard films to watch. They're both rated R and justly so. Uh, they're both difficult, but they both are teachable. I would say Nefarious on the whole is a much better film and a more serious film but i also think that the pope's exorcist is probably going to be more entertaining in a pure kind of grandiose sense now one thing that i must mention is while there have been many good exorcist films going all the way back to the original exorcist film in 1973 i do not believe there has been a definitive exorcist film yet 
There have been some very bad ones. There have been some good ones. But I have yet to see a film that from start to end just does a spectacular job at showing the real phenomena. So if you want to, you know, you do a devotional activity and really learn about this apart from simply entertainment, I think the best thing is actually to go to Father Gabriel's books that he wrote. He was a real exorcist for many decades in the Diocese of Rome. His books are fantastic, partly because they focus not so much on the actions of demons, but on the sacrifice of Jesus Christ and how that is the key to getting rid of evil. Evil is not going to be getting rid of poverty, racism, uh, abortion, euthanasia, any kind of evil issue out there is not ultimately going to be rid of through our effort, but through the effort of Jesus Christ and us bringing Christ to people. So I pray that St. Michael guard you if you are interested in looking at these films. And as we uh, enter kind of through the half point of summer and we get into some bigger summer blockbusters later, I hope you are having a wonderful summer and God bless. In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen.